0: Soon in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your
1: sales and success. So you ready? Hey, Daryl. So what was your first job in the industry? Not your first job ever, because mine was picking tomatoes or picking corn. One of those two it was a field labor job. My parents threw me out of the house. In fact, that was corn detasseling when I was, I think probably starting when I was 11 or 12 years old. Big thing where I came from. you know what corn detasseling is? You probably saying, what the hell are you saying? Corn detasseling, corn has a tassel. Put it another way, male, men corn stalks have tassels. I'll let you assume what that tassel is for and you would be right. And the job, the purpose of detasseling is you literally walk down the field, you're wearing a garbage bag, you start at six or seven in the morning, corn stalks are six feet tall, all the leaves are full of dew, They're sharp. So you wear the garbage bag so you don't get totally soaked and it kind of deflects some of the paper cut like accidents that are prone to happen in that job. And you walk along this one, two, three, 10 acre row of corn and you pull out the socks. That was my first job. I don't know why I brought that up. I just got on a tangent. I do this sometimes. I'm shiny object squirrel boy. So just so you know, I'm sorry. But my first job in sales beyond being The door-to-door photocopier salesperson that I've said a thousand times and you can probably say it for me. Shut up, Prail. We know what you did. What I considered my first real serious like B2B type sales job was I was a sales engineer. Now, many of you are probably going, what's a sales engineer and what you're doing is you're showing your age. So let me explain to you what a sales engineer is. There was a time not too long ago, Billy and Sally, when software, for example, was not sold by subscription when it was sold on premise. And people would have to have a computer dedicated on their facilities. They have to buy a powerful computer and we would give them floppy diskettes or CDs or DVDs and they would install it. And it would run right there within their own four walls. And because of that, you had technical due diligence that you wouldn't believe and it was a process. Because it wasn't a SaaS based model, everybody wanted to customize it just a little bit differently. And that my friends is the role of the sales engineer. The sales rep, the account executive, would go and have the luncheons, the face-to-face. They would drink the beer. They would laugh. They would guffaw. And they would say, what do you need to do? Well, I need to know that it can interface with my AS400 and can print out work orders in a multi-part carbon-based form. And my guys on the shop floor need to be able to use it as well as the girls in the office. Now, yes, I'm using sexist terms, but that was the era. The sales engineer would go and take the software and go on the box, the custom box, and they would go and configure it all hook it up to the AS400 and they would show it working and they would make it dumbed down stupid as simple for the guys on the floor. And they would also make sure that the screens look exactly the way the ladies in the office wanted it to look like because the ladies in the office looked at it one way. They had their forms and the guys on the floor looked at it another way. And I had to show it all worked together. And that's what I did. The sales engineer went in and custom crafted a very personalized solution and showed it worked. The sales engineer also was the one who did all the song and dance on the demonstrations. Account executive would say, yeah, Billy, we can do that, backslap. Daryl, show them how we do that. To the account executive in those days, they did jack shit. All they did was backslap. They had an expense account. It really was madman, and I'm not making this up. And the sales engineer would be like, sure, let me give you a demo. And I would do a rudimentary version of PowerPoint or some kind of binder-based slideshow. And then I would go into the product, I would point and click, or one of those days, often it was green screen, and I would do the demo. Now, here's the thing, how old was I at the time? I might've been 23, 24 at the time. And I got this 40, 45-year-old guy backslapping the prospect and looking to the 24-year-old to do a kick-ass demo. That guy who's gonna bring home the fat-ass commission check put all of his eggs in my basket and nine times out of 10, give me zero coaching. Didn't tell me what the prospect talked about with him over drinks. Didn't give me any guidance whatsoever. My job was to give a killer demo, a killer demo that would get us to the next step where I could mock it up and show them how it worked. And that's where the process went. And the end of the day, the commission went to the sales guy. I got bupkis. I had a salary and that's all I got. I put in the overtime. They didn't. I did demos. I was the guy. That's a sales engineer. Today's very different, right? Today you are the sales engineer. Today you're the one doing the qualification and the discovery. Today you're the one doing the negotiation. You're sending the landmines. You're not going drinking. You're not backslapping. It's changed dramatically. It's changed for the better. But you know the one area that hasn't changed. One area that I see screwed up over and over and over again, and I'm speaking as a buyer now, not as that young sales engineer, that the people doing the demos don't have a clue what they're doing. They're not following their own advice. They're not listening to the prospect. They're not setting the traps. They're doing the demo wrong now in this show we talk all the time about how to do better discovery how to have a better playbook how to handle those objections how to set value how to be authentic how to do messaging how to do social selling how to write an email that gets opened up we talk about all those tactics but you know we've never talked about we have never talked about how to do a demo so i'm done yelling at you i'm off my soapbox i apologize about that i got a little carried away how do we solve this problem? Well, the answer, my friends, is so damn simple. You just reached out to Sam Dunning. Who's Sam? If you don't know Sam, of course you know Sam. Sam was in the recent UK-USA debate. Therefore, you know already he's a top dog. He's a main guy. He's a big player. He comes from Team UK. That explains the accent. I have a Canadian one. He's got a British one. You know, So we can both say Zed today if we want to, but he will say aluminium and I'll say aluminium. So he <laughs> is the co-founder and sales director from webchoice so what's webchoice well i love this webchoice is all about helping businesses skyrocket their leads, sales and brand positioning they do seo they do it with digital marketing and they're all about the conversion and what gets more conversions than a demo sam welcome to the show
2: hey daryl thanks for having me on man absolute pleasure and excited to get stuck in and start talking about demos and process to follow and hopefully share some gold nuggets for everyone tuning in.
1: I love it. I love it. I love it. Love it. Now, while we're doing this, okay, if you're at your desk, go follow him on LinkedIn and all the usual places because he's a really, really cool cat. And if you wanted to check out more about him, go watch the debate. He was killer. Today, we're talking about demo, Sam. So I know when we were talking about you on the show and what can we do, and you were the one who actually approached me about the demo, and my reaction was like, whoa, 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 that idea. That's what we got to do. gotta ask why did you bring that idea
2: up firstly i pinged you a few ideas across i wanted to do something fresh so i said demos i I think i gave some ideas on inbound leads linkedin you said look that's been done a bit let's let's go for the demo approach which is cool by me so i thought i'd just tap into a few tips that maybe people have, have not fought over or tap into the process that i like to follow with demos another quick angle before we get down a rabbit hole I know a lot of guys, especially in the digital space, I was guilty of this for for some heftier, bigger projects that are trying to land. doesn't matter if you sell CRM software, digital software, whatever it may be in inside sales, a lot of us are guilty of sending a quote document or proposal document and hoping for the best, whereas presentations and demos are so good because you're having a one-to-one conversation with your prospect. So I want to encourage you to start doing demos for projects. Um, But that all, all comes down to proper qualification, proper discovery calls. Perhaps when you're ready, Daryl, we can kind of jump into to to how to to do the process and the actual steps you should take in in order to do successful demos and presentations.
1: So Sam's got a five-step process. We're going to work through it. One more thing before we start. If you're listening to me on a podcast app, okay, Spotify, Pocket Cast, whatever it might be, multitask, you need to go and do a search on your podcast subscriptions. It's called Sam's Business Growth Show. Okay, look it up. It's a killer show. I've been on it. Jeb Blunt's been on it. Daniel Disney's been on it. The exception to me, these are really good people. Go listen to Sam's show. You're gonna love it. If you like this show, you will like that show. You've got a five step process. You're gonna walk us through it. You're gonna tell us why we should do it. You're gonna tell us what we're doing wrong. What is step number one to making sure we have a killer demo?
2: We're going pre-presentation, pre-demo first. We're talking about Discovery Call. Discovery call pretty much makes your demo or your presentation, because if you haven't nailed down your prospects pain points, their goals and objectives, their desired outcomes, where they want to get to. So if with your product, they want to get to X amount of turnover per month or X amount of revenue per year, you need to know that you need to know exactly who the decision makers are. So if you're speaking to the sales manager or the sales director, then you need to know who else is going to be involved in this process. So let's pretend you've already established this. You've had a great discovery call. You've nailed down their pains, their timeframes, when they want to do this, when they want to start implementation. You know their budget. So you're going to email across the agenda to all the DMs that are involved in the meeting. So what I found is pretty good here's a recap of the agenda we agreed on in our discovery call we're going to go through your goals and objectives we're going to go for our recommended solution we're going to talk about the timeframes of implementations and then we're going to talk about next steps all in this demo and make sure they accept that invite that's the first step daryl i set down make sure everyone's on the same page make sure you've got an agreed agenda pre-demo before you get stuck into it
1: there's a lot of nuances in what he said let me back up the horse the vast majority of you Never send an agenda. I cannot remember the last time I ever got an agenda. So if you send an agenda, I'm going to love you. Like you can't imagine you're already going to be vastly different than anybody else the agenda needs to be three, four, five bullets bullets. That's it. Short, sweet, simple, but it sets my expectations. If you want to put time around it too, you know, the first five minutes is this next 10 minutes is that, bing, bing, boom, I'll love you. Because what that says to me is you're optimizing my time. What it also does is you are managing me now. You're saying, this is what I need to accomplish during our meeting. So are you prepared? This is the time allowances we're going to cover. So then when you actually get to the call and I don't want to jump ahead, and I'm not sure what he's going to say, but you could say, I'm just recapping. Your time is still good. This agenda is still good. Like you're going to confirm it. I'm going to say, yes, you're getting me to say yes, yes, yes. And like you're sucking me into the process. But if I don't like the agenda, I hear what you want to do, but I don't have time for this, or you missed something. And my goodness, do you want to know if you missed something? Because if it's important to me, it damn well better be important to you. So that agenda alone is over the top, brilliant. And it's so stupid ass easy and too many of you aren't doing. So that's the first thing. The other thing i loved about it was he said was the discovery was all done discovery was all done let's back the horse up again how many of you have got an inquiry or you got a nibble and the first thing you do is you say okay great let's just do a demo in other words you just jump in and you start throwing crap against the wall i have feature a feature b feature c isn't this cool bing bang, boom i don't care about seeing every stupid ass feature you have in your offering i got pains and if you can fix my pains i care about seeing that So the discovery process done properly does two things. It sets my expectations of what I'm going to see. I'm going to see that you have a solution to my pain. And it also tells you what I want to see. So you don't waste cycles and time that you can focus on other things. All of that is in step one. And he hasn't shown a thing. With that, Sam, we'll be right back.
3: CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time and make less than two attempts to contact them, and they're only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is an engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing qualified leads into sales qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more by ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds persistently and with the cadence that's optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com.
1: Okay, Sam, we're back. I've done all that. I've done the agenda. We finalized it. We did the the discovery. We know all that fantastic
2: stuff. It's D-Day, it's Demo Day. Here I am. What's step number two, lad? Just one thing to add on that agenda that you email, one thing I like to do is just put a little PS. So if you said, John, um, here's the agenda, point one, two, three, four. PS, if you think I've forgotten anything or if anyone needs to be added to this meeting or you want anything to be included in my demo that we've not yet covered, Ping me a message before John. I don't want to miss it. Let me know. Just in case, because the amount of times that people have come back and said, yeah, I forgot to mention this in our discovery call. Can you add this in? So you don't get presenting your solution or your demo and halfway through, they're like, you've missed this. And then you can't close the deal because you've missed something big out. So nail down the agenda, um, we've got stage two. So you've actually got your demo there. Your your inside sales. You're probably doing a video call, Zoom, Skype, whatever. Start of the call. First thing, sir, you want to build some rapport. One thing that I sometimes do is if I've not actually spoken to the person on a video call, I might say, look, just a simple one. Whereabouts in the world are you today? Just to build up a bit of rapport, talk about where they're from, name some common ground. Doesn't have to be too much. Doesn't have to go on too long. Keep it short and snappy. Confirm that everyone you agreed that was going to be on the call is going to be on the call. So if you had your discovery call with the sales manager and you agreed that the Other people involved in the decision are the sales director and the CEO of the company. Let's say, for example, you say, John, I remember in our last call, um, we agreed that your director of sales and your CEO, Fred and Bill, are going to be joining us today. Fred and Bill, are you there? Um, If John says, look, Fred, Fred couldn't actually make it, Sam, you say, wait, John, we agreed that these guys needed to be on this call to make this decision today. If they're not going to be on this call, can they come in? I can wait five minutes. If he says, look, they're out of the office, you say right now, I'm gonna to have to reschedule this meeting. Don't don't try and pitch to to people that can't make decisions. It's it's a waste of your time and it's a waste of their time. That's the first thing. If everyone is on the call, carry on. You don't need to reschedule it. Go through a recap of the agenda. So look, agree on the time frame you're gonna spend. So you say, Look, guys, we're gonna spend thirty minutes today going through everything. Is that still okay? Yes, carry on. We agreed that we're going to go through your goals your recommended solution time frames budget for implement- implementation and then we're going to spend some time if it makes sense talking about next steps but if at any stage you feel that this is not a project that you guys want to look at absolutely fine let me know are you okay telling me no make sure they say yes however if you're happy with the solution are you okay telling me yes carry on that's step two essentially going through everything and making sure everyone's on the same page and the dms are all there
1: i want to focus on one little thing you made a reference to this i'm going to just kind of repeat it in different words one of the things i really value when we're at this stage but really it's something you can do every step of the way you heard sam say kind of repeat the understanding of the purpose of the meeting Re- repeat the the knowledge you've previously gleaned So in this case, the demo might have been okay. So I heard you say we've got, you know, 30 minutes for these four things with these people. You told me previously in our discovery process that issues A, B, C, D were really important to you. Is that correct? When you repeat back to me what we've already talked about, I love you. I give you a kiss. I will shake your hand and high five you. There's so many reasons why. One, I know you're paying attention. Two, I don't feel like a transaction because I'm different than everybody else. Three. I feel like you're actually focused on me and my issue. Four, I don't have to worry that multiple times through this meeting, I'm gonna to have to say to you, and this happens to me a lot, kids. We talked about that in the last call. Why are you asking me this again? Just repeating the understanding builds goodwill, builds trust, builds relationship, makes you look like a pro. That's massive.
2: Step three. We're going into the demo. This is the part where you can finally spill the features and benefits of your wonderful product, if you offer CRM, if you offer digital marketing, whatever your your inside sales product is, you can start explaining the wonderful features, but make sure your presentation or your demo is only showcasing the features that are relevant to the pain points or the goals that your customer wants to get to that you've established during discovery. Start going through these, talking about the features, why they're relevant, how they're going to solve the issues. Another great thing to do is kind of talk about issues before they uh, get arisen. So for example, if you offer CRM software and you know that quite a common concern is that it won't link into email, so let's say into Gmail, um, you can say you may be thinking that you may have to manually input all this data from the leads that you get inbound into this CRM. Well, little snippet fits straight into your Gmail, your Outlook, so in one click you can export the information. So kind of cover common objections. What I like to do is list three or four common objections that you get whilst you're presenting. Make sure you have a note of those and address those objections before there isn't. Or once you've gone through some major features, another great thing to do is ask questions. I learned this from Sandler training, actually. Once you've gone through a big feature, say, okay, we've covered quite a lot here. Usually there's a few questions now, what are yours? Because people don't like to, to be confronted, Though, If you say, what questions have you got here? Rather, you say, ask questions. It's a It's a nice way of saying, Basically, let me know what's concerning you. Let me know what's on your mind. And they might say, I didn't quite understand feature A or I didn't quite understand feature B. Once you've gone through a big block of features, then say, are you comfortable, John, with how we're going to attack this issue with this product? If they say yes, you say, John, are you 100% comfortable with how we're going to attack this issue with this product? And if they say yes, you carry on to the next section of your demo. If they say no, you say, what part of this aren't you comfortable with? Then just shut up. They should explain to you the exact issue that you didn't cover with a the feature. Then you can show them exactly what they need to see, get that established, and then you can carry on with the rest of the demo. Um, and that's pretty much the next step up into step four.
1: Okay, so let's tear this apart because there's so much about this I love. I'm gonna start from the end and we're back to the beginning. When you were doing the old, you know, are you comfortable with this? I've historically used the expression, I'd be curious if you think it's a good idea or a bad idea. I'll say, does that make sense? Because you run the risk that it maybe yeah. doesn't make sense if they say no, they don't want to look like a moron. I recognize that. It's just like, you know, does that make sense? Well, I'm not clear on that. Great. What is it you're not clear on? Maybe I didn't do it right. Let me show you again. Where are you getting hung up on? What Sam is really doing at every step of the way there, it's really subtle. He's getting buy-in. Not only is he getting buy-in, he's doing a you know deep dive on discovery. He's already done the discovery, which precursor to this demo. And now he's doing more discovery. And now there's probably more people in the room because you're at the demo stage. You're uncovering a couple of things. Not only are you uncovering more information that you may need to respond to, there are also more objections. There are also more opportunities if your solution can really handle that situation well. You're also uncovering people's biases or people's inclinations. So if all of a sudden there's a techie guy in the room that was never in the room before and they're like, well, it's not secure. Okay, you, You never even talked about security, but here's security. Okay, well that's great. You need to know that because you need to be better than the competition. So, and if they say, no, no, it's great. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Do you think this will solve the problem? Yes, I do. They are talking themselves into the deal. Let's go back to the beginning of that step where talked about going to tailor it. He said, now for my American friends, that's the same as saying customize it. You're going to customize it based on the discovery. So the biggest mistake I see is they just demo everything. You've got a script. You start here. I start the data. I log in. I started the dashboard. Ding, 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 ding. And this is what I do. And I show every feature and Bob's your uncle. When instead best practices say, okay, I'm going to show you how we solve those five points. And then if you're still interested and we still have time, I'll show you more features in the product if you're so inclined. But today, in this first demo, I just want to hit those talking points. Me as a buyer, I give you a second kiss because you're respecting my calendar again. That's really all I want to see right now. If I can see that, you go check, 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 then, hey, let's have a follow-on demo with a few more people on my team where you can drill down and go deep, but now the beauty for you is I've passed you off to my team. So you are anointed by me. I really wanted to call that. I love that. Okay. What's step four, Sam?
2: Just before we go that, you covered a good ground. It's basically getting buy-in at each stage. Keeping your solution, your demo, um, your presentation short and snappy and to the point, because people like, to say, you're getting low and lower attention span. So make sure the features you're showing are only relevant to the pains they discussed. Otherwise, it's a snore fest. It's a snooze fest. Next point is weave stories into your demo, which is something I'm working on more and more something you could all do there's plenty of plenty of podcasts where you can learn about this stuff anyway in my world a common objection in the digital marketing space is sam it all looks good but we've been burnt before man our last digital marketing supplier really took us for a ride they're an absolute cowboy they're billing us thousands per month and we got no real tangible result so i say look john i understand there's there's a lot of cowboys out there can i tell you a story um, the chances are they say yes because everyone wants to hear a story. And my story, in this sense, you can weave this into your own sense is look, I used to always buy, buy Ford cars. I used to buy them for years and years. Now, a couple of years ago, I got a Ford car um secondhand. I was, I was still quite new in sales, so I wasn't earning that much. But anyway, I picked up this nice, shiny, silver new Ford car, a few thousand pounds. Took it out for a spin the first couple months, it was great. But a few months in, I started getting issues with the engine. So I took it to the garage, cost me a few hundred. They fixed it, I was, I was happy. Another month later, it started squeaking again, took it to the garage. And it was was another couple of hundreds. So I was like, it's getting a bit annoying, but we'll carry on. The third time, I thought that was it. I went to my mechanic. I said, look, man, I've had terrible issues with this car. I can't take it back because it's pre-owned. What do you suggest? He said, look, um, my wife's had this great car, Hyundai. And also, we had this old lady that came to the garage recently. She actually broke down just outside the garage. It's got a four-year warranty, man. And they came within half an hour. She called them. They fixed it up straight away. I was like, he said, it's a little run around car. I said, that sounds just the ticket man went to the garage. So I had the social proof because he recommended two people went straight to the garage um, sales guy gave me a demo and I bought it straight away. The point of the story is that even though I kept getting issues with my previous car, I still need to get a car because I need to get from A to B all the time. The point is do your due diligence. So in this case, I had social proof. I did my due diligence to the garage. So do due diligence on the company yeah make sure you're making a sensible decision so weave stories into ways that you can get your buyer engaged get them kind of on the same level as you and make a point so in this case it is do your due diligence make sure you're actually working with reputable companies for your products
1: how many people were listening to him right there and you were like me and you were like just listening you wanted to hear what was going to happen was he going to buy it was he not going to buy it? and how he's going to tie it back to this opportunity that's the power of storytelling it's relationship building what's the last step
2: You need to close the deal. From what we've gone through so far, you're getting buy-in at each stage. You're saying that after each major feature, does this make sense? Then hopefully saying yes, if not, you're showing them something and then you're asking, does it make sense again? And you're clarifying, does it make sense fully 100%? You're getting buy-in. Towards the end of the demo, again, a a Sandler technique here, which I found really, really good. You say, look, John, on a scale of 0 to 10, um, 0 being not interested, 10 being you're ready to go ahead with our software solution. Where would you say you are right now? So if they say a 10 you just say, John, what would you like to do now? The, deal, the deal's done. They're going to say, yeah, let's, let's go ahead, send over the paperwork. Or you can say, would you like me to send the paperwork? They're going to say yes, because they said 10. If they say anything less than a 10, so if they say six, seven, you say, okay, John, tell me what you'd like to see to bring this up to a 10. They might say, look, I didn't quite understand how you're going to implement the time frame. I don't quite understand how our team's going to get involved. I had an issue with this. Go back Show them exactly how you're going to address their issues. Once you've done that fully and clearly, ask them again. Keep repeating that until they get to a ten, and you're ready to move forward. Alternatively, let's say in your presentation, as a different type of close, you put together two or three solutions. So I always recommend doing one solution that's bang on the budget you agreed in discovery, then maybe two or three with slightly extra features, just to give them a bit of flexibility if they want to bump up and upsell them a bit. So at the end of the, towards the end of your presentation, you just say, "Does it make sense to go with option one?" Or would option two or three be a better fit? If they say option two makes sense, great, the deal's done. If they say, oh, I'm not sure this was a bit of a concern, you say, what about this didn't make sense? Again, find out the exact issue, address that perfectly, and then ask the question again.
1: Five steps by the man himself, Sam Dunning, co-founder, sales director. He, my friends, is a rock star. His company is called webdesignchoice.co.uk web choice. He understands selling because he's a sales director, but he also understands the power of digital and all the tools and tactics it takes to actually get that lead and work it through the whole process. He's the man. He's also, as I mentioned already, the founder and host of Sam's Business Growth Show. If you like today's conversation, if you like his storytelling, you like his processes, then you're going to love the show. Sam loved having you here. Everybody, guess what? I called it. I was right. We're out of time, but we're going to do it again one week from now. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
0: You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside Inside Sales, hosted by Daryl Prale, the CMO of VanillaSoft. Tune in every other week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. One of the many shows on the ever-growing Funnel Radio channel, sponsored by
1: VanillaSoft.